0: What's going on guys and welcome back to Watch Time. Now if you haven't seen it already, last week's episode we covered the first part of this click topic, talking about how the house all started, how the group got together and all that initial growth. Today we're going to be talking about the end of the first house, when everyone had to go on break towards the end of 2019 and all the issues that came with that, as well as how everything's back now and the story behind that. But if you haven't seen last week's episode, I definitely encourage you to go check that out first. Link is in the description. All right, let's get into the episode. Yeah, but it was super good because I think we, you know, everyone started figuring out each other's quirks. I think there was a bit of a tense dip. Where everyone was figuring out how to navigate that stuff, like, "Cray, why'd you leave another yogurt cup out on the couch <laughs> oh, for the fiftieth time?" Fucking yogurt the cup yogurt cup and other people <laughs> being like, "Elliot, you need to shut the fuck up and stop behaving like a baby when you lose a round of Fortnite," and and <laughs> me being like, Kath, we can't keep having these tense moments," <laughs> and and then Marcus, honestly, Marcus didn't do it. Ma- Marcus was just, <laughs> Marcus was never awake at the time of anyone else. Marcus, <laughs> Marcus was not a negative at all. It was, he was just like, it Little was like-
1: Nocturnal possum.
0: Dude, so I'd be like,
1: hmm. I haven't seen
0: Marcus in like two weeks. <laughs> Living in the house at the same, cause he was on a top level, slept at a different time. Sometimes I'd go a week and be like,
1: where is that guy?
0: Anyway I though. Think
1: at that point we were really getting the feel for like getting into the swing of weekly videos yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was probably and like one, but in talking around that, like, you know, two months in time frame. we'd figured out the formula, we'd figured out what works. We'd started developing a real like click style. The channel was going so, so well. It felt like we could literally post anything and it would just blow up. And the excitement making content for a channel that's in one of those growth stages is electric. Like you just, you're so keen to make the next video because you can't wait to see how well it does. It's not like, oh, I want to post my next video and see if it does good or not. You're like, no, no, no. My next video is going to pop the hell out. Yeah. Off, and I can't wait to see how much it pops off. It's like it's just it's a guaranteed win and you just and you're doing it again and again and again. Um and I think you know we yeah we really had so many good ideas because obviously we hadn't done any ideas at that point. So there was so much exciting stuff to do. Yeah. Um
1: And everyone was so invested in it as well which was really really cool and I think in that stage as well yeah you're right like everyone just had so many ideas everything felt really fresh but I do remember it was also a challenge because one thing that was the case was everyone up until that point had only worked for themselves. Like you have to remember mm. that this was six people on a channel, but all these six people had very successful YouTube channels in their own right or, you know, varying degrees of success but had been doing it for at least a few years. And up until that point, had only ever had to answer to themselves. Everyone developed their own style. They developed their own standards for what was good or not good and all that sort of mm. thing. And bringing that into a channel where you had six people – Um, feeding into what makes something great was also challenging in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was kind of balancing, you know, whatever i wanted from a video. Mm. Sometimes there'd be big creative uh, differences when it came to how we should do something, Mm. you know? um, Even like, even basic stuff, like who should intro a video, for example, or um, the way a certain thing should be edited or how we should like structure a challenge. And, but, but I think, I think ultimately in the scheme of things, people actually came together and really resolved it all pretty well. Um, and I think it was, it was definitely easiest back then to do that because everyone was so involved in the creative process. You know, it wasn't just like rocking up, Hey guys, this is the video we're shooting today. It was, we were talking about it all through the week. What video are we going to do? I remember like the, um, one of my favorite videos was one that, uh, that we ever did is one that Kath came up with and I thought was just fully not going to work, which was the the Nerf dart, um, the Nerf battle one. Yeah. And I was like, and Kath was like, yeah, I want to do like a house Nerf battle. And then, you know, we were brainstorming it though. We we're like, yeah, but you need, it needs to, you need that tactile feedback to make it visually engaging for a video. You know, like in paintball, you see the paint go splat and that, that's what makes yeah. that cool to watch. We're like, how do we resolve that? It's like, Balloons. Nerf dart won't pop a balloon. And then Kath was like, oh, it's fine. We'll just put like pins and toothpicks in the front. And I was like, won't that, we'll be like bleeding everywhere (laughs) by the end of the video, right? And, uh, and I was like, fully like, that's crazy. It can't work. But then once again, everyone so keen, so excited to do it. Kath went out, bought Nerf guns, bought, uh, bought little toothpicky things. And like, I walk up into the kitchen one day and just like, is like bouncing a balloon in the air, and then Kath shooting it out of the sky with a with a nerf gun. And it's like, oh wow this is cool, we can do this. Yeah, and then I think it
1: gives it gives me a lot of respect for other YouTuber groups that make content together because that stuff is not easy to do. Like those video concepts appear simple and I think that's, again, like the beauty of YouTube is that it just feels like a group of friends where it's like, oh, fuck it, let's have a nerf battle in the house one day. But like no one sees the fact that we had to buy, we had to work out where we could buy like m- multiple like helium things so that we can make the balloons like stay up in the air Yeah, or literally the, the, four the hours, hours that of went into inserting
0: toothpicks into that oh many oh my god like
1: people had blisters on their fingers afterwards the people that were doing it because yeah. it took so long like getting the nerf suits from different places and it was it was a lot of work to pull off videos like that and get yeah. all the things you need to make it feel like kind of just rough and pulled together in the end which is what i think like made the video so great as well
0: yeah yeah exactly i feel I, there was a real sense of um you know, I think equal, you know, like ownership over videos. Like it felt like when we did a video back then, it was like, it was an idea that we'd all chatted about and, or, you know, most of the time, mm. probably 70% of them were ideas that were really well chatted through and really explored. And everyone was like pitching in their own little elements. So mm. everyone felt like they'd contributed something to the video. Um, yeah. And I
1: think around that time as well was when we did one of the first meetups for Click at PAX Australia. And it was the first time that we'd done a panel as a group and mm. that everyone was in the same place together. And you really saw the fact that like we'd built an audience, like an audience of people that knew the name Click, yeah. not just Laserbeam or Musilk or Cray or whatever. It was like they knew a group, which was mm. really cool.
0: And I think that was extra cool for like Baz and Cray. Yeah. Because I remember, I remember Cray especially, because I, I, I don't know... I don't know if Baz loves the big crowds, but I know, but I know Cray really like fed off that energy. Mm. And I think that, you know, pre-click he was, you know, he was actually growing quite well, but he wasn't really a big channel yet. Not what he is now. And he also, I don't think he'd really, you know, the last time he'd had the opportunity to do a meetup, he was way, way, way smaller. So he'd never really had like... Anything that scale, and I think yeah, just seeing think that number set of off people, the
1: potential vision as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, seeing that number of people come out and be like excited, so cool, yeah, so so cool. Um, but then it was also around that time where we ran into our first, uh, hiccup, which was uh, energy. Yeah. Yeah, which was and and it, and it was and it was weird because it was all the videos were doing really well, everything was performing, um, but. We, we did run into a few kind of just hard points to resolve with energy where it was like, you know, they wanted a bit more, fully understandably, they wanted more like energy branding around the house. They wanted to feel more like part of the energy brand. You know, I think all of us were really keen to be associated with energy, but we didn't want to make it to you know, aggressively inauthentic, inauthentic and of mm. and like overt. It's like just didn't make sense. Because so I think just to
1: like rewind on that for a second, the original purpose of the energy partnership was that energy would have like a creator arm to their business, where the creators could, you know, promote the esports side of the business you know in a similar way to the way that Faze and 100 Thieves didn't really exist at the time but 100 Thieves does now and for us it was obviously to be able to partner with a larger organization and have that legitimacy and the ability to think on a more global scale as well but I think in practice it was just actually quite difficult to draw that connection with us being in Australia and them being in San Francisco and the States Um, and it was you know, for us, I think it was so important in those early days to not make it feel overly commercialized and make it feel like really authentic. So we didn't take any sponsors really um, no. and that sort of thing. And, and for them, they were just at a different stage of the business. So it happened around four months in where we decided to, four or five months in where we decided to part ways with energy. And it was like fully on, fully amicable on good terms. And yeah, it, it, yeah still and there wasn't anything
0: bad like it wasn't like uh, there were no like arguments, there was no real disagreement. It was just like, hey, it doesn't quite align. yeah with, it does like really the vi- sense. the vision just doesn't align perfectly anymore. And um, at that point,
1: we were really lucky because we were able to pay the expenses that there was just no way we were going to be able to do in the early days. And so I think like I'll always look back so fondly on that partnership with energy and you know, we still have a great relationship with Andy and Brett and the whole team there yeah. and what they're doing now is absolutely incredible. And it really, you know, as I said in the last episode, just allowed us to think on a much bigger scale of what is possible than than what we'd had before. So
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think though it was I remember it was suddenly very stressful though, because oh yeah. Energy was a fantastic safety net. Energy let us, you know, leap in, hire a videographer rent a really expensive, awesome house for everyone to live in. Um, and then as soon as energy was like, hey, we can't really be a part of this anymore. It was like, oh, wow. Okay, now like click we like, really Click management, which work. is essentially like us personally, because it's not like click had some giant bankroll behind it. It was essentially now like us personally are liable for this rent every week. Yeah. $10,000 a week plus the, you know, cost of electricity, all the other stuff, you know, hire, having an editor, a videographer. Cleaners. Cleaners.
1: Rubbish removal, all that stuff. And I remember as well all that happened, like, end of January, February, which is probably, like, the lowest earning month for YouTube that that in the year. Yeah. And we, we were in the red those couple months. Like, yeah. it was – so it was really, like, a very personal – because, you know, Elliot and our business partner Emma and I – own click and so it was a real personal like holy shit we have to make this thing yeah like okay because you know personally we yeah it was it was a it was a tough one but you know we made it through we made it through the other end and I think I'm I'm really proud of the fact that we took that leap of faith with it and and made it happen
0: oh such a huge thing I think it was it was it was so cool not only building um you know like the click channel but I think also just how you saw it, you know, have like so many other benefits for, you know, like Cray and Baz and not and I'm not only talking about, you know, their their channels individually, but um, you know, just like as people, like Baz, mm. the transformation he's gone through in the last once again, can't believe it's only been a year and a half it's in the last year insane. and a half is wild. Yeah. From just this like really, you know, six foot seven super thin guy who was like, you know, kind of very, very introverted and really didn't like talking to people. And now he's this big unit who looks like he could fight pretty much anyone. And, you know, while I think he's still a quiet guy, he's now like fantastic. And like if he wants to chat, he's a great chat.
1: Again, I think it just really expanded everyone's vision for what was possible for them. And like, you know, Kath's vlog channel and that sort of thing. Like that was a Mm. whole stream of content that – Just developed so much through that. And yeah, Yeah. it was just amazing.
0: Yeah. And then it kind of got into this interesting time where, and and it's really hard to pinpoint. And I I still don't think I really know what anyone really knows what caused it or, you know, what was part of it. But, you know, obviously when you're living in a house with a bunch of people who do the same job as you, who you see every single day, share everything with. you, I, I think there was a real sense of like, uh, you know, if, if one person in the, in the house was, you know, going through a bad time in a bad mood, it could bring everything down. Mm. Like everyone in the house would feel that. I think if, because
1: everyone, you know, and I don't want to speak for you, but yeah, it's just such an intense environment. It's a share house, but it's amplified because you're all there 24 seven living and working together.
0: Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm going to my job in the morning and I'll come back and I'll see my you know, people at night, it's like, no, no, no. Everyone is, th- this house is always on. Mm-hmm. People are always in there. Someone is always recording. There's like a lot, there's just a lot happening. But yeah, it, I remember there was just this, it, just some really interesting shifts that I I still I still now can't figure out, you know? Like they developed this kind of weird mentality. Um, well, not weird, like, because clearly it was for a reason. But um, you know, with I would say actually everyone in the house except me, which to be fair, I mean, I had a bigger bedroom, but I don't think it was really like down to like bedroom size. It was just this kind of someone, people started being like, oh, this like, th- like the house physically as like a house to live in, not like the culture, not the people, but just like the house itself sucks. Mm. Was this weird mentality that started to develop people being like, this house is horrible. Like, and I think there were some elements that may, that, you know, really made a lot of sense, like, um, like the neighbors, but I think, you know, objectively it was an incredible place to live.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and I, and I, it's almost like, I think it's the, it's that grass is always greener mentality. You know, if you're, if you're feeling unhappy about something, I think it's very easy to start to look for reasons as to why that could be. Mm. Whereas I think, you know, if you actually look at it, it was, it was just this, it was such, I think it's a really good example of how those kind of mindsets in a house like this can spread like a virus. Like, uh, because if you look at, you know, Cray a year ago, or, you know, like only a few months before, um, you know, when this mentality started to develop, he was in like an apartment, out, you know, way out with neighbors who would literally like get into punch-ons with and who meant he couldn't record after 8 p.m. and, you know, would like be banging on the walls all the time to, you know, this place in Darling Point. And it's weird because the house is objectively better, but there was clearly something there that just kind of led to a bit of a, I don't know, less, people just weren't enjoying that house nearly as much anymore. And then I think you saw that kind of then feedback into the content a little bit more. People started becoming slightly more disengaged in videos, you know? It would no longer be like us on, you know, a Thursday being like, oh my God, this is the video we're recording on Tuesday. I'm so excited for it. This is my idea. Can we incorporate this? Yeah, 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 let's do it. Then Tuesday rolls around. Everyone knows the plan. You'd start to get a few more shoots where Tuesday would roll around and people would be like, what are we filming today? You know, like yeah. what's the video this week? Yeah. And I think it was maybe elements like we, we were still growing, channel was still doing great, but it wasn't that like drug-like insane growth that happened mm. in those first few months. Um, and I think that because of that, it then fed back. People felt less involved in the content. They started to enjoy making the videos slightly less and things just weren't as new and exciting anymore. It became a bit more... Routine, yeah, and when it's and you know when you're kind of making these exciting new videos and your channel's growing really fast and clicks growing really fast, the the elements that might sometimes like really annoy you, like Elliot screaming or you know or rotting rubbish being all over the kitchen, they're kind of things you'll be like, oh, you know, there are these couple of frustrations, but generally things are great. Um, but then I think when everything started to slow down a bit, once again still going fantastically, but just not as viral uh, as it was before. Those other things, I think, start to then become a bit more at the forefront. And they start to get under your skin a little bit more. And I think you start looking for reasons that, you know, you're not happy at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you notice? Because, I mean, you you saw it a lot more from, like, an outside-in perspective. I think one of the weird things with YouTube is you sometimes you, 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 you know, things are such a rapid rise at so many points in a YouTuber's career that if you don't maintain, I think we're talking about this in the other week in terms like happiness, mental health on YouTube. If you don't maintain that kind of 2020 hindsight and that Mm. look back and that growth, sorry, and that, and that kind of reflectiveness, it's easy to become dissatisfied because, You can't, if you start. It really
1: is, you know what? It makes me think it really is like a drug, like that growth and that constant feeling of newness and excitingness. Yeah. It really is like a drug. And if you're not getting as much of it, you forget, like, I don't know, you forget what it was like before that, I think. Or I think it's just a lesson that it's really important all the time to practice, you know, practice like being happy and being grateful and those sorts of things like in your everyday life because and this is this is for anyone this is in any job but I think it's really important as you grow and develop to remember and I try to do this regularly Is like you know I might be stressed now but I'll try to remember a time where two or three years ago I would have thought what I'm doing every day now is the coolest thing in the world I would have killed for it
0: yeah and I think I think it I think it was around that time as well that I know you and me started like, it really started to affect our mental health a bit as well. And I think ultimately was probably a lead in towards like me not wanting to live with everyone in the next year, because I think think there were like, you know, when everyone first moved in, like we were talking about um, that excitement to be like, hey guys, like, because because really all that organization work that went into it, months of us looking for houses, signing contracts, meeting with tenants, convincing these people that, yeah, let all these 20-year-olds live in your luxury mansion, and, and organizing
1: the videos week to week was a huge amount of effort yeah. and organization. Yeah, yeah, and I
0: and I think that um, you know, when that when the everyone started to get a little bit down, it I think uh, I think you and me especially took it really personally, and I think we found mm. it quite hard because we were like, you know, we were so excited to put everyone in the house, so awesome to see everyone's channels growing so quickly. You know, we like personally were like in you know putting that financial risk in there, which was, um, which, you know, felt like a really, really scary investment at the time. And, you know, it's almost like if you, and, and this, isn't, this isn't like the, the right way to put it at all, but it's close to analogy, I can think. It's like, you know, if you got your friend something for their birthday and you made it really special and you were so excited to see the reaction for it, and then you give it to them and they're disappointed, you're like, ah, oh, man, that sucks, Yeah, I think you know? Like it's a
1: difficult thing for me to talk about, and I'm conscious in the way it comes across because I'm also hyper aware that living in a house when you're in your mid twenties with five other people is not easy, especially yeah. when you've got a, a job like YouTube, which I, you know, I think more than anyone, apart from you know, I don't do YouTube myself, but I really think I have a very m- High level of respect and appreciation for the fact that it's not easy, it's mentally draining and and I felt that through the click channel because the click Channel you know did fill partly my channel as yeah. well, and I think it was a it was a time I took personally and found difficult because I also was investing my life into Click and yeah, that channel. And it was my 24 seven focus to make that thing happen. And, and also
0: not only make the content happen, but this is something I think I've gotten so much insight to through like Click is that being a manager is really, you know, you, you invest a lot of yourself emotionally in it because you're, you know, I mean, not, it's not like your whole job, but it, like part of your job is, you know, you want your talent to be happy. You want the people mm. who you're, representing you want them to you know get the best brand deals feel like they're getting a good income and you know if someone has a complaint or if you're setting something up you want them to be like wow this is amazing thank you so much fantastic you know and I think that was very much when we were putting people in a house it was like we don't want it to just be like hey guys we got this house that you can all kind of fit into no. and we're gonna we want it to be like we didn't just get a house. We got the single most expensive rental in the entirety of Sydney. We got the best of the best because we want you guys to be happy. And mm-hmm. I think when that started to kind of fall back a bit, it, yeah, it, it sucked it very, because- Yeah, it
1: was very, it was, uh, it, it is difficult. It's something that I'm learning and still learning. But I think when you have your own business and you're working in a service industry, like management, my job is to help all the people that I work with and as a boss it's to help my employees and help foster their career development and that sort of thing and it's something that I take seriously something I invest a huge amount of my personal you know self into and I care deeply about these people I care deeply about the people that work on our team and and so it's a it's a very significant balancing of emotions and responsibilities and that sort of thing and I think it was uh yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. I don't know. I, it's hard for, it's hard to talk about.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the part that really sucked for me around that time as well was, you know, I and it, and it was weird and it shouldn't have been that way, but it ended up kind of happening that, you know, because I was also part of like click management as well mm. as the group, I, there were just a few scenarios that like I felt like I had to, like, that I got put in, not due to anyone's fault, but just the nature of me kind of balancing those two roles that, like, really sucked sometimes. And I feel like sometimes I could be, you know, like, the like I had to be, like, the buzzkill or, like, the dad of the house. Like, you know, like, things where it's, like, like, there would be things that were ultimately things that had to happen and the right things to do. But it always sucks when you're the one who has to, like, Pointed out yeah. that it that it needs to get done, you know stuff like um, I, I think you know fast forwarding a bit, but there was that I know a huge stress point for you and me was um when uh, we we're moving out of the house oh and my gosh. and there was like the the bond which was <laughs> it was like because obviously an expensive house that has furniture in it the bond on that was. Fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars was the bond. So for yeah. those who don't know, I'm assuming most do, but essentially when you move out of a rental, depending on the amount of like damage or anything that's happened, basically any difference between the house was when you first got it to now gets taken out of your bond. So we were on the line for
1: fifty thousand yeah, dollars. But the yeah. thing is,
0: it actually wasn't even click on the line, like it was like it was me and Baz and Cray and Lufu and Marcus. And anyway, when they did the first um, walkthrough, they were, I think, trying to get us for about 30 grand or something. Um, But long story short, then we were in that scenario where there was.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: $30,000 that we were probably about to lose which then would mean, you know, pro- each individual person paying about $6,000 each. Um, but at that point, I think the guys had already, you know, gone to the next house. And there wasn't a lot of interest in, you know, kind of engaging, doing yeah. I- in engaging in the things we needed to do to get the bond back. And I remember being super, super stressed because I didn't want people to have to pay That much money each i didn't want these like rich people to you know take more money than they already (laughs) have from their weekly rent and i i I know there were a few days in particular where it was like where i was like okay guys like the the we've got this because and these are all things that like click management paid for we'd be like okay guys we got this like big skip bin out the front of the house it's going to be here from monday to sunday um can we make sure that we get all the rubbish everything that literally isn't the furniture that that came with the house and just get rid of it obviously if you're taking it keep it if not it needs to go in the skip and the skip came it was there for a whole week it got taken away and then there was still so much rubbish in the house that just Mm. no one had touched which once again all comes out of the bond and then there were yeah and then there was like okay guys, they're doing the final inspection on Sunday morning. Um, Is everyone okay to go there or or Sunday afternoon? Is everyone okay to come on Saturday and do like a final cleanup, make sure everything's perfect? And we'd already had a few cleaning teams go through as well. Um, And everyone was like, yep, yep, yep. And I remember on Saturday night being like, hey guys, just checking everyone, like you got there and took out all the last things, right? And everyone replied like, yep, we did. And then you and I got there on Sunday, ready to meet the tenants, the owners for the final inspection where they were gonna assess the bond and basically nothing had changed. No, there was no cleanup that had been done. There was stuff everywhere. And I remember just feeling helpless. And it sucked, because in that role, it, like, at that time, I had to be the one to be like, guys, what the hell is going on? Like, The final inspection's about to happen. I don't want each of you to lose six grand. You need to get over here right now and clean your shit up. And I remember, I have a really vivid memory of at the time they were doing a unpacking or building furniture in the new house stream. And I was messaging them that morning that we had the um, inspection about to happen. And I remember just seeing this like, and it was really disheartening, just like on stream, kind of everyone was like, oh, Elliot's saying like, we have to go over now. Like, you know, basically being like, what a buzzkill, what a like,
1: what, and it's like,
0: and I was like, guys, I, i'm i'm not I'm not doing this to be like a buzz skill. I'm doing it because I'm trying to help I don't want people to lose all their money. <laughs> mm. and I feel like it it put me in this really shitty spot so much where I had to try and balance the like that side of things with also just like we're paying ten grand a week. like you know, I was like I was like click management is paying ten grand a week right now. like you need to like not do this, and that was bad like i mm. m- I brought up. I brought up the fact that Click was paying rent at one point and that like that meant there was some obligation for them to, you know, not complain. And that was, that. and I remember that was just on a day where I just got overwhelmed. Yeah. I just like everything hit me at once, like channel stress, that stress. And like, I think there were in 2020 hindsight ways I could have definitely navigated stuff better. But I think it's a really, yeah, it's just an interesting lesson. And I think it just sucked that I ended up feeling... Like, yeah, just, just like I really that stream that day where they were unpacking in the house. And I remember call when Anna had to do that call and be like, guys, to be honest, this is just ridiculous that yeah. we've been trying to get people through to clean stuff up for the past two weeks. And no one's even lifted a finger or some or like done the bare minimum. And it's like, man, I don't want to have to be that guy. Yeah. Like, to be to like, to be perfectly honest, you know, and it was like it was like obviously never something I'd say but for me at the time it was like peak fortnight I'm like me like I don't really mind if like the bo- if we lose the bond it's not a horrible thing like it's not like the end of the world for but you it, personally yeah for me yeah. personally because that was like the most that was like peak fortnight time for me yeah. but I was like but and I think
1: what he means by that is like the opportunity cost of spending 12 hours at the house cleaning up stuff was not worth the opportunity cost of taking a day off to make videos where you know, and being really frank, like, y- you can make six grand relatively easily in f- in yeah, Fort that I was, time. I was, yeah. I was, I was going, I, That's I mean, reality. you were there as yeah. well. Like, I was going 100%. and I was,
0: I would go into the office of the people who owned the house to negotiate over the bond and, uh, you know, organize the, like, tip truck and, like, rubbish and be there, like, walking through the house, filling up bags and um not that the other guys did nothing by the way there was definitely like everyone contributed it just never got done to the point it needed to but yeah but in reality I wasn't going to those meetings because I was like I don't want to lose money if I if it was about if it was about my money I would have just made more videos in that time yeah it was because I was like I don't want Baz to I don't want my friend Baz to lose money I don't want my friend Cray to lose money I don't want Kath or Marcus or any of the guys to like be out of pocket here um, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's and it just oh, man, it sucked. <laughs> it really sucks tra- being like I'm I'm trying to help and then yeah, just that that I remember yeah. that 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 day where it was like oh Elliot, the buzz kills making us come and it was like oh dude, like yeah, I don't want to I don't want to be that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On a more positive note, during that time, I really got good juice out of my law degree that I did a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. So we were doing if you didn't know, I, I did a law degree in my prior life. I'm only 27, but I back in the day. Um, and, oh, my God, through that time, so the people that own the house are like a pretty big group. They're quite wealthy. They've got a lot of power behind them in Sydney. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to lose this massive bond. I like le- leasing law like no one else. I took myself on like a two week crash course. <laughs> it was like, I don't it yeah. was actually insane. It was very funny. I feel Trying like Trying to the get Tennessee that bond laws. back.
0: Oh my and I don't Lord. even think, I like I don't think anyone outside you and me knows the hours that went into that. We were Holy writing, God. we were getting legal <laughs> advice from lawyers. We had dad going and talking <laughs> to like the residential board. We were talking about, Okay, if we do take this to like arbitration in court, like I guess I'll go because yeah, it'll yeah, be like yeah. a good there experience. There was like a whole
1: strategy. <laughs> oh my god,
0: it was. Crazy. I was like, I
1: don't want to go to court.
0: <laughs> anyway. And I was like, and I was like, I don't know, it could be kind of fun. Hey? I think
1: basically the takeaways though, and and why we decided not to do the house again was one, we couldn't find another house. One, they wanted to up the rent on the current house we were in. We couldn't, we, we just couldn't justify it. And that. also
0: the guys really didn't want to live there anymore. Yeah,
1: We couldn't find another house in Sydney that had the amount of bedrooms and space for everyone yeah. required. We actually spent like two months looking for another house and it was really, really difficult. Yeah, because
0: we, w- we were, when we were initially, uh, you know, looking for another house for this year, it was very much with the intention of me also being in 100%. the house. Ultimately, the like other reasons discussed and the fact that we just physically couldn't find a house that had that extra bit of room, literally, the, and this is like to really drive home the point of how hard it is to do something like this in Sydney, budget was really not an issue. We, it was not a matter of like, oh, we found a place, but it's too expensive. It was, it did not exist. Couldn't find a place, it yeah. did not exist. Um, so ultimately, yeah, I think I... Yeah, I bet out of the house because of that. And also, I just think that it, um, I think we all felt by the end like, uh, yeah, because I, I think that that really was the takeaway from the house part, that when you have a company or like a management company that's doing the, that's like paying for the living situation of like an individual, it does create weird stress points because it's like, you know, if the rubbish does get out of hand and click management has to pay for like a tip or cleaners to come through, is that something that we should be like getting angry at or, you know, like going to the guys being like, guys, this is unacceptable. Or is that something where it's like, you know, they're, it's their own private living, you know? It's, yeah. it's weird. Like there were just a lot of blurred lines where you don't really want someone telling you how to live. No, and And to like- And
1: I wouldn't want that when I'm not no my to No, 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 no one would either. want that.
0: Yeah, but but there were a lot of those like situations where it's like, man, there's no good way out of this. Yeah. So I think, I think ultimately, um, yeah, the guys deciding to do the house and like, obviously everyone still was like the idea of living together at the time. Um, But yeah, just doing the house separately, I think was.
1: Which I then think takes us to the next phase where, um, you know, they got their own house. We had the office, which was super exciting. And I, and you know, it was an amazing place for everyone to be able to come during the day and create content there. And, and we did that for a while, but I think at that point there was definitely an element of burnout that was there. Yeah, and so, everyone. Yeah. So it was a
0: quick clarification for those who don't know the full story. The four of them moved into a house, another really really nice house, uh, not too far away from the one we were in. I went back to live at my own house, and Click Management uh, just started renting out this awesome office, office building that we're in right now. And uh, yeah, and we basically, and also really expanded the production team behind Click. It used to just be uh, one person who was an editor and videographer and would basically like, do everything uh, to a team of three people. So we had a producer, we had the editor videographer role and then we also had like a- Junior
1: producer. Junior
0: producer role as well. Um, and yeah, but that was where the, the video content side of things really- just started to take a little bit of a slip. And you know, in in hindsight, I think looking back on why, and I think uh, the audience noticed it as well. I go through a lot of comments and I think as soon as we moved out of the house and started doing the videos that were more like planned and shot at the office or planned at the office and shot elsewhere, um, it was like the audience could tell Mm. that, you know, the production value might've gone up. We've got a bigger production team than ever, but the people in the videos, you could tell No, people's soul wasn't in it. Yeah. And I think you can really trace that back to, I mean, what I was saying earlier about how when we first moved into the house, everyone was contributing to the videos, like putting in their own ideas for content and really doing that. And that meant that when it came for shoot time, everyone was excited and they felt like they owned the idea and they really understood it. Whereas the biggest separation that happened between the house and the office, I think, it kind of made uh people feel like it made it made the members feel like because people were also just in a weird point there where no one i I think people would enjoy kind of pitching ideas occasionally um but not necessarily like fleshing them out like i remember there would be like you know baz and craig like let's do silent library which is like a which is a really really funny japanese um you know show. show game show show and uh or let's do like this giant slippery thing that you need to try and climb up and they were good like base levels but you, but you know, the production guys are, are great at filming and editing, but they don't quite understand how to translate a, an idea like that into mm. something that can then work on YouTube. Um But yeah, so I think there was just people felt a lot more at that point, I feel like, because production would just plan videos that, you know, they that were easy to do and were easy about, like paintball, you know, yeah. that's something that is just fun. And, uh or, you know, like, truth or dare, or never have I ever, that kind of thing. Videos that were easier to kind of conceptualize, but didn't have that creativity element as much that we had in the early days. And I think that made people feel like when they came to a click shoot, it was no longer, we're a group of friends making these epic videos with our buddy videographer. And, you know, we're all in this channel together. It was like, I am an actor in a production almost, you know, it was like- I mean, I
1: don't think it was that bad. It wasn't that bad, but it was- It lost that initial like zest. I think. Yeah, and it lost and I zest. think that's fair to say. Yeah. But I think basically it led to a point where, yeah, there was, there was a, there was a level of burnout.
0: And that was compounded by the fact that we uh, needed to get ahead on videos for the December, January break. And we did mm. two straight months of double shoots. So every single day where we'd normally shoot one video became we shooting two videos, two. which then meant the ideas were probably a bit more basic and also meant that people would get burnt out on a shoot and, you know, one one shoot would, you know, not go well for a week and then people leave feeling like, oh man, that video wasn't good. And then you post it and you can see that like the video didn't perform as well. And it really just became this toxic spiral downwards, I think, where people were burnt out. Everyone wasn't kind of enjoying or feeling as like positive about the Mm. content anymore. And I think we kind of all sat down and we just made the call. It was like, we need like, things need to take a break. We need to stop we need to reevaluate we need to And I would
1: say like from my perspective as well you know from more like running it um, from the business side and for the team and that sort of thing it was hard because for me I am 100% committed to everything click click management there's nothing I would not do to make this thing a success But at the same time, it was difficult because there's no point doing something if you're not enjoying it. And so for me, I could recognize that people were burnt out and it's not, you know, it's not in their best interest. And as their management, like that's not in their best interest to continue when they're doing something like that. So I think it really made sense for us to say like, hey, let's take a little break, take a second. Reevaluate. Give yourself some time. Like think about the positives of this. Think about the negatives of this, and decide whether or not this is something that makes sense. And ultimately, I think taking a break was a really good thing to do. Yeah. And everyone came back, in but man, you year. were
0: you were so stressed during that time because Grace is like, mm. obviously, I'm like, I'm I'm like carefree youtuber guy who doesn't put too much thought into things grace is there with like you know a finance background looking at this three-man production team that we've just brought on only a couple of months earlier who are now sitting there with literally nothing to do but try and we had like basically Yeah, i think
1: i can be positive on reflection but at the time i was fucking stressed you were really
0: stressed um but yeah, but ultimately, you know, if if the passion for making the content wasn't there at the time, you just can't force it. And it was yeah. like, and I remember saying that to you. I was like, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a crappy reality, but it's a reality. Like we, yeah. w- there's no point. Um, but but yeah, but then I think, but we basically had this discussion that we've had today, which is, you know, kind of reflecting back, looking at things, figuring out, because obviously like the channel has a huge audience, a bunch of people who want to keep seeing these like, guys in content
1: oh man Um, and like I just want to pause on that for a second like the community and the click fans and the click viewers like I've never had a personal experience of having that kind of viewership and community but that was a major thing for me and seeing the amount of people that truly loved the group and loved the videos was I don't know yeah it was it was a new experience that I've never felt and I will always be so grateful for that and for the people that even now like say that they miss the videos and miss the videos over that break. But I I do think it was a really great period of reflection for us. And I remember like us having a bunch of discussions over that time and thinking about like, okay, we love this thing. How can we make this work in a way that maximizes all of the best bits of what Click is? Mm. Because for me, I think it was a, it was a time for us to reflect and be like, Click was never about five people living in a house together and these videos with six of us and, and doing it that way, like Click was,
0: it's about, about a YouTuber group, friends, yeah, a fr- group friends of people who that are love
1: making content together. Yeah. And what we realized that we did have is we still have the core aspects of that. And while you know it was sad to take a break from the Click videos. We were in this incredible office and every day everyone was so excited to come to the office and we were having the best bits of people, you know, not actually having to live under the same roof and when you're tired and you're burnt out and you're done for the day and you just want to go home and hang out, you can do that. But at the same time, everyone's coming here in the day and we've got this incredible group of people that wasn't just the people in the house but involved people like Mullen and Fresh and Tanner. We've got other people working here like Brody and Lucas and the whole crew and it was just... It was just so so fun to be here. And I think that's when, you know, and I'm so excited that we've got content back up on that channel now and, and I hope everyone loves it, but that let's make content that was about this group of people that genuinely have a great time together and create amazing content. We've got this incredibly unique space and and let's just do it that way and like make it fun again and make it the things that everyone loved about Click without having to do any of the unnecessary stress that wasn't really necessary.
0: Yeah, I think I think obviously like zero regrets with how um with the vision for the click channel initially. I think that it absolutely like was fantastic. I think it gave a really good format. And I think that especially when you're starting a new channel, having a really, you know, kind of consistent the more consistency the better. But I think what we've realized is that it was just on tracks too much, you know? And that and that really made it feel because once get like exactly like you said, it should be about a bunch of friends who are passionate about making videos, having a good time, and making content. And instead, it became work. It yeah. became it became more work. It was like okay, today is click shoot day, and um a- and that was because of the video formats. It was like it always has to be like a competition where someone wins, and you know, kind of someone would have an idea and I'd be like, ah, oh, it just it's not like we can't do that on the channel. Mm-hmm. That's not what we do, you know, or um. It would be, you know, like everyone has to be in every shoot. So it would be someone would be like having a really stressful work week and we'd be like, You like you need to be here because everyone is always in every shoot. Yeah. That was like a hard rule and you ninety know where percent think, of the time. Yeah.
1: I think like I'd spoken to Vic from the sidemen about that and he he told me how they had that rule and um and gosh, like yeah, again, like credit to them. Credit to any group that does videos. It's not an easy thing to pull together, and I really respect. I yeah, I really really respect people. That I was going to say it. my
0: biggest takeaway from Click, my appreciation for the work that all those Cybermen guys put in is Next level. has just shot up. Their ability to because um you know on Click we more had uh, well especially these days. Um, or, you know, towards the end of the year had production, the production guys who would do the majority of like the video planning and all that. But the Sidemen guys, they have someone who helps with like the assistant stuff, like organizing the actual like proper, proper bits. But in terms of like the actual video ideas and all those elements, they are so, so involved in their content. They absolutely hustle. And I think, I, I don't know, has they, has they ever, I don't know if they've missed uploads. They will bulk shoot insane amounts before a, an event like E3 or if they have to go somewhere, yeah, which they now fight, yeah. they're not all living in the same house. They're all over the place. You've got JJ, who's doing music albums. He's going off and boxing. He's in LA, he's in New York, he's he's everywhere. And, you know, if one of us in Click had like a single trip planned, it would it, it would cause like mayhem in terms of like the film schedule, <laughs> you know? It would, be, it would be like, okay, well now we have to do this day, but then that day doesn't work for them. I don't know how the sidemen do it. They are actual machines yeah. at running that channel. Full props to them. But long story short, the takeaway is, I think I'm so excited for Click this year because really, um, obviously, everyone is still uh, absolutely fantastic friends. I think that now even more so than ever because all those stress elements have been taken out where I no longer am like having to play the grumpy dad who is wondering why there's a half rotting chicken in the kitchen. Um,
1: and I want to just pause on that for a second because I think it's really important to just leave it on a positive note that you guys shared an experience that is so unique oh, that so, so few good. people will ever have the opportunity to have. Yeah. And it's, the, it's a year that you guys will look back on I really think for the rest of your lives and certainly for the rest of your careers, because I do think it was a real turn, a a pivot point and a, yeah, I I think it was an incredibly special time. And for me as well, like it gave me so much more confidence in like my vision and what I think I'm capable of working on. And
0: I totally agree. I think it's really hard to, if you look at that whole year's experience it, it's impossible for me to look at that when I'm looking with 2020 hindsight and not see it as an absolutely fantastic thing. You know, there were absolutely ups and there were absolutely downs. Downs can be fantastic as like teaching opportunities oh. and learning. Like you know, I think that um, you know you've seen like Craig go through and especially like tough time recently. But once again, like the learnings that he that you know I. But so often, at least for me, those those downturns that can happen just lead to like overall growth and I think it, when I you know when, if I look at everyone who went into that house mm-hmm. in uh, you know not and in, in every aspect a career aspect I think it was fantastic how what what it like helped do for so many people's channels so many like uh, brands that people now work with that just click put all of us on the radar um, you know in terms of like personal growth you've just got baz. Who I can't believe when I see him these days. He literally walks in, and I'm like, every every time I swear he's just getting more and more swole. It's ridiculous. Same with Cray. Cray just became this absolute unit of a human. You know, I, I think there's just been so much, and, and you know, I think and, you know for me personally, I think a lot of elements of like my personality that I've had to become a lot more conscious of from living with people. And one thing I always appreciated about uh, everyone in that house is like, they weren't afraid to call me out on my bullshit. Like if I was, if I was doing something that was like, Hey, that's a dick move. It'd be like, Oh yeah, damn, you're not (laughs) wrong. And then, you know, that leads. So I think there's so many things like was, did everything go perfectly? Like absolutely not. Does, and that's the same with literally anything that happens. And I think the hardest thing in, these content creator things. You know, I know for a fact, even the sidemen will have like, you know, days tensions. where where tensions happen and things don't go perfectly. And you're like, why the hell weren't you that's here on life, time? That's life though. And I think that's people life. And watching I think,
1: that, no matter what you do, that's life.
0: And I think that's the hard thing with content creation because you always, or, you know, just, I mean, social media these days in general, everyone's putting forward that perfect image. And then if that cracks and people will see behind and be like, oh, actually it wasn't all, you know, as perfect as it looked, then it's like, you're like, yeah, obviously like that's, that's life.
1: Yeah. I think actually it's a really good place to leave it because Elliot, you know, had the idea for this podcast and wanted to talk about, you know, why the click videos stopped. And I think it was something that I was really nervous to talk about because it has meant opening up about some difficult times and the fact that not everything's gone perfectly for us. Yeah. But also, I wouldn't have it any other way. We've you only get bigger and better by trial and error, and sometimes there is error, and mm. like that's part of it. And I think, yeah, I think it's been an amazing takeaway for me. It's built resilience. It's built a bigger vision for us. And um, and I'm and I hope you know for everyone involved. I think it had the same thing. So yeah, woohoo! I think that's a really good place to leave it. Um, I hope this helped you guys get a bit more of an understanding as to what was an incredibly intense and big part of our lives for a long time and will be going forward. And and yeah, thank you guys so much for watching this episode. Remember to subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, like us, rate us on five stars on Apple. Oh my God, I'm so bad at that. I need to get better. We will see you guys next week.
0: Bye-bye. Bye.